What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, we are still in the midst, of course, of the top 81 albums from 1981. We are pretty much halfway through this countdown right here. We are getting into the top 40 as of this entry. So coming in at number 40 here on the top 81 albums from 1981 is a band that actually put out two records in that calendar year. And uh, full confession right off the bat, I forgot to listen to the second album they put out in 1981. So I am talking about one of the prominent bands of the new wave of British heavy metal, the Tigers of Pantang. They put out two records, like I said, in the year of 1981, the album Spellbound and the album Crazy Nights. So I forgot to listen to Crazy Night, so I'm going to go ahead and give it the shared entry here with this one. Massive cop-out, I know. I will be listening to this record just out of sheer curiosity because I really enjoyed Spellbound here. I'd never heard it before top to bottom. I'd only heard this one song, actually the one I'm about to play for you right here. This album came out in April of 1981, produced by the late great Chris Sangarides. And yeah, this one's a burner right here. So check it out and check this record out, Spellbound by the Tigers of Pantang. Here is a killer track from it right here. This one's called Gangland.
kicking off the show here today in fine fashion and kicking off the top 40 portion of the 81 from 81. That was the Tigers of Pantang and the song Gangland from the record Spellbound. Clearly the Tigers of Pantang were able to avoid the sophomore jinx because that was their second album. So good for them. And another band that also managed to escape the sophomore jinx big time was this next band, MSG, the Michael Schenker Group. Not very creative at naming their album titles because the first one was just called the Michael Schenker Group and the second one here was just called MSG. However, even in spite of that uncreativity, great rock and roll on this album right here. This album came out on September of 1981, produced by the great Ron Nevison. And that's really cool because I know he did some work with UFO before. So obviously they have that history right there. And, uh, you know, just kind of reading about this because I don't know a whole lot about MSG. I still don't. Michael Shanker's attitude and his just constant, like, just jerking himself off in the press and everything really puts me off of him, which is a shame because when I actually listen to his records and it's usually, like, kind of in a forced situation like this, I do wind up enjoying them for the most part. And, of course, I love his early work with UFO, so I'm not going to fault that band for his shortcomings as a person. Uh, but, yeah, it just the way he talks about his brother really uh, pisses me off. So, you know, it's just one of those things. But, like I said, great player. I just wish he wasn't a dick. Uh, but, anyway, let's not completely let it ruin our enjoyment of this album here. Their sophomore album, MSG, like I said. Quality rock album, or else it would not be on this countdown. Every album on this countdown is quality. And to paraphrase a great singer, here is the second song from their second album. This is Attack of the Mad Axemen.
right, now that is a killer hard rocket track right there. Attack of the Mad Axemen from MSG, Michael Shanker Group. Killer stuff right there. Of course, the solos are amazing. Michael Shanker is a great guitar player. And great drumming on there by the late, great Cozy Powell. You've probably heard him on dozens of albums. You probably own dozens of albums that he played on. You just don't even know it. Uh, yeah, he even played drums on most of the Cinderella records. A lot of people don't know that, but he totally did. Anyway, yes, moving on here to something completely different, but staying over in mostly the European side of things. And I say mostly because uh, a good amount of this band is European. However, not all of them. It's one of those uh, Euram kind of things, I guess, if that's the term. I don't even know what you call that kind of thing. Anyway, the Pretenders. The Great Pretenders, especially at this time, in their classic era and weirdly enough like their true classic era would only last two records albeit not the fault of half of the band so this is weird because they put out their first album self-titled huge record great record and then the second album not as good but not a sophomore jinx either it's still a very listenable and very cool record definitely cool enough to make it to number 38 here on the list not forced at all but yeah it kind of comes with a weird price tag in a sense uh you know james honeymoon scott he dies like the same week that they got rid of their bass player, uh, Pete Farndon. So yeah, they fired him and then James dies. It's just crazy. So they lost half of their band in the same week. It's just ridiculous. If you saw their behind the music, you know that as well. But this is still a killer record despite all that. I just wanted to bring that up because you kind of can't not talk about it because it happened between the second and the third album. So Learning to Crawl will kind of be a new beginning for the band. And this one right here, it's kind of a fan favorite. I really love this song. I've often called this one of the top 10 most wistful songs of all time. This is the one you put on the mixtape if you're pining over a girl. Uh, trust me, been there. Uh, so yeah, this was the last single released from the record. And it didn't really do all that great. It did okay. But man, pe more people should know this song. And I've seen it pop up in you know TV shows and movies here and there. So some people know about it. So that's cool. Uh, so here you go. A really sad one, but a really killer track. This is The Pretenders with I Go to Sleep. You are far away, I know you'll always be me 
Ah, uh, yes. I Go to Sleep by The Pretenders, one of the great ballads of all time. The history on that song is interesting because it's sort of a cover in a sense, although The Pretenders were the first band to like professionally record it and put it on a proper release. But that song actually dates all the way back to the early 60s. There was a band called the Applejacks, and that was the uh, kind of band that gave way to the Kinks. Ray Davies wrote that song. And uh, from what I found out here, just reading around on the uh, interweb here, I knew that Chrissy Hind and Ray Davies dated. I knew they were never married and they had a kid together. But I didn't know that Ray Davies and Chrissy Hind got together after the release of the first Pretenders album and one sought one of the others out because Chrissy covered Stop Your Sobbing with the Pretenders on the first album, which was a kink song. Great version, by the way. And I guess that's, you know, how they got together. Interesting that it was almost kind of a call out there. Whether that was the intention or not, that's what happened. And this song that was a demo from Ray Davies, like first real band, made its way onto a Pretenders record. And I'm really glad it did. I mean, it's it's a killer song and it deserved to have some spotlight shed on it. So I'm, I'm really glad that that song happens. Great song. All right, moving on here. Album number 37 is another album I wasn't super familiar with. I'd heard it before. But I haven't really visited this band a whole lot. I need to, though, because I, I really enjoyed this record as well. Uh, another band kind of in that new wave of British heavy metal. So we're sticking once again with the European acts. Euro the Europe's got it going on here at this point. Uh, but yeah, this band Samson right here. And a lot of metal and hard rock historians know Samson strictly because of the fact that Bruce Dickinson, or Bruce Bruce, as he was called back then when he was in Samson, he was the original lead singer of the band. And, you know, of course, he went on to be a superstar, all-time iconic lead vocalist and frontman with Iron Maiden. And the fun bit on this album right here, which is, this is their third album, Shock Tactics, that I'm going to play from. It came out on May 15th of 1981. And the fun bit on this one is that while Samson was recording Shock Tactics, Iron Maiden were apparently in the same studio recording Killers. So, yeah, interesting, huh? Yeah. Maybe a coincidence, maybe not, right? Anyway, but yeah, this album was produced by Tony Platt, uh, who's got a ton of great credits, uh, more so than I have time for here. But uh, this is a really killer hard rock and heavy metal record. I definitely recommend it. Of course, once again, I know I've said this a lot, but if it's on this countdown, whether it's number 81 or number one, they're, they're all worth listening to. But here you go. Here's a killer track from Samson's Shock Tactics. This is Bright Lights. Check it out.
Coming in at number 37, that was Samson from the album Shock Tactics, and the song there was called Bright Lights. Hope you enjoyed that. Moving over to Switzerland for a little bit for number 36. We'll be back to Europe, that's for damn sure. They pretty much run this particular episode. But yeah, a little Switzerland break right here with Crocus. A lot of people think they're Australian, they're not. And a lot of people think they strictly just put out records in the 80s, but they did not. They were already up to their fifth album by 1981, March of 1981 specifically, with an album called Hardware, self-produced by the way. And uh, I have to mention this because it just makes me giggle. They were on the Areola Records label at this point. (laughs) All right. But yes, this is, uh, of course, what you would expect from Crocus. A fun, party, hard rock record right here. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. And even though all their American success would take a little while, even from this point, this is still an album worth exploring for sure. Further proof right here. Here is a favorite for mine off of this album. This one's called Winning Man.
right. I always have a good time when I put Crocus on. And yeah, you should definitely go back and check out their early stuff prior to their American breakthrough success. But that was Crocus with Winning Man from the album Hardware. I enjoyed that. I'm assuming you did, but let me know. I'm always open to suggestions and comments, especially comments from the very smart and successful and attractive people that listen to Rock Strikes 10 here. If you can hear my voice or a friend of mine, talk to me anytime. I appreciate it. Moving back over here to Europe with album number 35 here on the 81 from 81, we have one of the great power trios of all time, The Police. And their album that they put out on October 2nd of 1981, co-produced by the band and Hugh Padgham. By the way, that previous Crocus album was self-produced, by the way. I need to mention that. Uh, but yeah, Ghost of the Machine, huge record for them. I mean, all their records were pretty damn huge for them. Uh, you know, they always had hit songs on these records. And uh, just, you know, definitely a group of surgeons that happened to write really good songs as well. It's rare that a group of individuals can be practically virtuosos at their instrument and still managing to have, you know, pop sensibility. That is absolutely key in the success of the police. Even though they started off as a punk rock band, everybody knows those guys can play their shit. So, yeah, Ghost of the Machine, cool record. There's a handful of hits to choose from. I really dig a lot of the album tracks on here, like Rehumanize Yourself and Demolition Man. Those are all really cool. But I got to play this one right here. Uh, it's one of their biggest songs ever. But also, I just have a great memory of this song because I actually get to play this song when I was in uh, the drum line in high school. We had our little concert at the end of the year. And we worked up a heavy percussive version of this song. And the only guitar that was on stage was being played by me. So... Here's me playing bass and those really hard to play sting bass lines, but they're so freaking tasty and so cool. Practice the shit out of this song and I nailed it, if I do say so. And everybody on stage nailed it. We were great that night. Uh, but yeah, like playing like a an all kind of drum and mallet version with steel drums and, and you know, oh, it's just so freaking cool. I have footage of it somewhere, but uh, don't look for it on YouTube or anything, but it's at my house. In the vaults. In the vaults, yes. Uh, but here you go. Let's get to the song right here. I'm sure you're dying with anticipation. to And listen to them bass lines. They hard. So here you go. Here is the police with every little thing she does is magic. <laughs>
Ah, I never get sick of that song. Great stuff. The Police, every little thing she does is magic from Ghost in the Machine. A highly recommended record, of course. And this one is as well, as is all the albums on this countdown. But coming in at number 44 is yet another sophomore album. Man, we had some great artists back then who did avoid that sophomore jinx. And this guy put out his most successful album as his sophomore album on April 13th of 1981. An album that was co-produced by the great Reinhold Mack. Yeah, go look him up. And the guy himself, Billy Squire. Yeah, Billy was already on a decent roll. That tale of the tape record, even though it wasn't like a super, super successful record, that was the record he needed to put out before this. And, you know, just as uh, Bruce Kulick plays on that first record, of course, you know, we got to do a Kiss reference, one per show. That's my one per show. So, that all being said, the song The Big Bang on Tale of the Tape became one of the most sampled songs in the history of hip-hop music. Don't believe me? Look it up. Listen to it. You've heard that sample. Okay. But yes, getting on to the album Don't Say No, which was Billy's second album, and just huge freaking album. You know half of this record, even if you've never owned it. It's one of those albums. You've heard these songs on the radio over and over again. I could play The Stroke. I could play My Kind of Lover. I could play some of the really good filler on here, and the filler on this album is really good. But I gotta play this one. This is one of those songs that just screams 1981 to me. I've talked about this with a handful of tracks, uh, maybe not on the show, but I've talked to different friends over the last few weeks and months as I've been doing this, and this is one of those songs. This is pure 1981 from a production standpoint. It just is. I can't explain it, but I know you'll be able to hear it. Even if you weren't alive then, this is 1981. I was barely alive, and I know for a fact this is what this is in a nutshell. So here you go. This is Billy Squire with In the Dark.
One of the great rock songs of all time right there, In the Dark, from Billy Squire. A song that was echoing through all the arenas and all the transams in the early 80s. And there is freaking nothing wrong with that. All right, here's a song that should have been doing all those things. And the next song, I love this song. And I love this album. Coming in at number 43 is and I was just like, man, is it really 43 out of 81 on this list? I When I was putting together this list, I would have sworn this album would have at least been in the top 20 because I thought it was one of my favorite albums of 1981. It still is. But once again, that shows you how great this year is. This album kills. Nature of the Beast by April Wine, the most vetted band on this list today on the show. Their ninth studio album came out right at the top of the year, January 12th, 1981. Another album that just screams this year from a production standpoint, a song standpoint. Most people, if they know anything off this album, they know just between you and me. But uh, this one right here rocks. The opening song and one of my favorite openers on any album is this one right here. So enjoy it in all of its absolute glory. This is All Over Town by April Wine. Turn it up.
little about me here, getting to know your friend, your host, Joey, right here. As a kid, and I'm sure I'm not alone here, one of the biggest things about me being a music fan in my early years, and I'm talking while my brain is still developing, I am all of like three years old, four, five, six, you know, those years. And I was already into music. I was already dialing through the radio making mixtapes, no bullshit. Well, my sister was helping me make the mixtapes and, and my friend Sean next door was also making mixtapes off the radio. That That's what we did. We made mixtapes off the radio between the three of us. And I would be dropped off, you know, at, at a grocery store or uh, in the record store and the, the clerks would look after me while my mom was shopping in some of the other places. Maybe she'd go in there with me sometimes. I would just flip through the records and be fascinated by the album covers. There is an absolute beauty and art and whatever else you want to call it. Uh, you know, the album cover is important. That's why people are back on vinyl because it's art. Uh, and they have been for a good part of the last 12 years or so. But yeah, back in the day, uh, you look at these album covers and you just wonder what's on the record. And that's one of my earliest memories. Even as a little kid, I was like, what does this sound like? Uh, you know, bands like Iron Maiden w was key for that. Like, I remember seeing that quote from Scott Ian on one of those metal documentaries. I can't remember which one. There's so many, but he was like, if that first Iron Maiden album didn't look the way it did, if that album cover wasn't there, I may not have bought it. So that stuff's important. I tell you all that to tell you this. There were like two album covers that I remember hearing the music way later in life and being like, that is not what I expected from this album cover. So I think you know what I'm getting at here. One of them is Bad Out of Hell. You look at that album cover, and that should be the heaviest album in the world if you judge the book by its cover. Like, that album should have Motorhead coming out of it on the wax. It doesn't. I love Bad Out of Hell now, but back then when I first heard it, I'm like, what the absolute fuck is this? And to a similar degree, when I heard some of the music off of Nature of the Beast, I thought the same thing. I'm like, this should be a metal, rockin'-ass album. And it's a rockin'-ass album, but it's not metal. Uh, it is like pop rock, but in the greatest possible way, especially in the early 80s. So yeah, now I, I love the album cover, and it just works for me because I love the album. That's just the way it works now. But yeah, I'm sure maybe some of you had a similar journey with Nature of the Beast. Let me know if it was really the album cover or if you actually heard the songs first. I'm very curious, especially if you hear something like Just Between You and Me. That does not work for that album cover. <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, I, I, I obsessed over things like that. All right. We're moving on here. We've got two more to go. Coming in at number 32 here tonight. I hope I've been saying the numbers right, but this episode is numbers 40 through 31. We are on 32 right now. Even if I have screwed up any of the numbers tonight, you can figure out what the order is later. But anyway, number 32 is this one. I just played you All Over Town by April Wine. This is another one of the great album openers of all time. This one's so good. Gets you in that particular mood, and it's just a perfect, perfect song. The band is Girl School. The song is Come On, Let's Go. I'll tell you about the album later. You just got to hear this now. Let's go. Turn it up.
there's a reason why girl school was referred to as the female motorhead that song will tell you all you need to know right there that was come on let's go from the album hit and run that album came out on april 20th 420 of 1981 produced by vic malley i believe that's how you pronounce his name super producer right there i love the album cover as well because it's just them with their backs to the camera it's like a drawn cartoon cover and there's this car the car has already made the tire marks that say hit and run behind it it's really well done it actually looks believable good stuff right there and perfect album cover for the music that's involved with it unlike the other albums i mentioned before but yeah that's a killer record of course it is we've got one more killer record to talk about tonight before we go home and that is by a band called the angels at least in australia that's what they're called in the states they are known as angel city at that point and later on the angels from angel city confused yet i am but yes they put out their fifth album here on november of 1981 called night attack this is a great 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 rock and roll album the angels are a great 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 rock and roll band if you don't know the angels slash angel city you are freaking missing out if you're any kind of fan of like acdc or any of the other australian pub rock bands you gotta listen to this band they're so freaking good it is like a little bit acdc a little rose tattoo but also this like great punk rock combination mixed in with all of those things it's they are one of the most australian bands like the kinks were the, one of the most european bands this is one of the most australian bands ever i love them to death they are sorely missed uh, but yeah you can enjoy them with their really nice healthy catalog they got a lot of good records for you to get into night attack is one of them and that's why it comes in here at number 31 on the 81 from 81 we're going to close out tonight with this one right here a nice little burner for you this is nothing to win
Doc Neeson and the boys right there. Doc Neeson, you are missed. One of the great frontmen of all time right there. I love your attitude. That was the Angels with Nothing to Win off of Night Attack, a great album with a great album cover. I love it. It's just uh, the the electricity of Doc Neeson right there personified on the album cover. Okay, we're going to get out of here. We've got three more episodes to go before we finish up the 81 from 81. So continue to join me, won't you? It is always on cnjradio.com. There's an extra plug. But to do the absolute definitive plugs, I'm going to send it over to my better half, Nola, followed by the best damn outro song in all of the podcasting business. So please, take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. <laughs> <laughs>